Welcome to the Retro RPG Podcast, the most fail podcast on earth. Although, really, maybe we should change that title. Uh, I, I guess it's fail for the fact that we don't do a episode every two weeks, like we started back in 2009, or we don't do an episode every, I don't know, once or twice a year. But instead of the most fail, maybe something like Retro RPG Podcast, the turd that won't flush. I don't know. We do. We keep on ticking. We're the Energizer Bunny here. Uh, uh, even though I would prefer to do more episodes, there's a funny thing on that. Uh, this episode I'm just doing by myself. Oh, by the way, my name is Don. Um, the email for our show is retrorpg at gmail.com. Go ahead and send me an email and let me know if you're listening. Uh, please leave an iTunes review, even though I have no way of looking up the reviews because I no longer have iTunes. At least it's something there to do. Um, anyways, uh, Derek might be getting back involved in this. We're uh, I'm talking to him about Elden, Elden Ring. That looks like a very cool open-world RPG in the whole Dark Souls kind of realm. I've never played any of those games. I've heard they're brutally hard. And I, I thought, I brought up to him uh, actually uh, yesterday that, hey, let's maybe do a show kind of like we did the whole Skyrim ar- archives where we did a bu- like I think we did four episodes on Skyrim where we just talked about where we were in the game. We had completely different experiences because the game's so massive. You can do whatever you want. But that was pretty fun. And I think I got him actually interested in buying the game and playing it so possibly i'll know for the next episode the next episode oh by the way this episode i'm all over the place but i don't have him to kind of keep me in rain this episode is breath of death seven uh next episode i plan on doing uh disco elysium the final cut or the final edition uh after that I was going to do one of the fallouts, but now I'm thinking Elden Ring with Derek. I mean, if I can get him to play that at least a little bit, and we do a episode every couple months on it, uh, I think that would work out pretty good. I mean, anything's better than hearing me babble by myself about games I played. All right, well, let's get into this, because I don't want to drag this out way too long. Uh, Breath of Death 7. So if you haven't listened to the two previous shows that I've done... I think I did one of them with R, but they were uh, Cthulhu Saves the World and Cthulhu Saves Christmas. It's the same game designer. I think uh, this this game, Breath of Death 7, came with uh, Cthulhu Saves the World, so it was a package deal. And I like that game so much for being kind of more a silly, earthbound-esque, short, easy, kind of classic RPG that I thought, eh, what the heck, I'll play this one and see how it is. I, I thought, like, well, Breath of Death 7, I haven't heard of any other ones, but apparently that's a joke because, you know, how RPG, like Final Fantasy, they never end. So there is no 1 through 6. They just put out 7. I think this was their first game, possibly. I don't know the whole history behind it, the company, but I think this game and Cthulhu Saves the World came out uh, what, roughly a year between each other. Okay, I'm just going to jump right in on this game. So, 
it starts out where you're kind of introduced that the world ended in some kind of war, nuclear apocalypse. And all the undead people that survived this uh, were there to rebuild civilization, but then some untold evil showed up. I mean, it's kind of your basic RPG. The fun, if you haven't played any of these other Cthulhu games, they don't take them so seriously. They're always joking around and having a bunch of references from other games. Consider it like a very light, short Earthbound. I think that's where, I mean, that Earthbound's one of my top 10 games. Uh, RPGs of all time. I loved that. I don't think Derek liked it as much as I did, but Earthbound and Mother, I thought, were great games. So anyways, that's the kind of... That's what to expect in this game. So, starting up, you end up... You start out in a cave. Your character is Dem. So D-E-M. Or Dem the Skeleton. Because he's a skeleton. And... Uh, of course, usually your first character in any of these RPGs, usually that's going to be your fighter. So I'm going to use him as a tank, because he has a sword already. I'm going to level him up just specifically using him, not so much magic, but attack ability. And here I thought they used EM or Dem as an Alice in Chains reference. I'm not even sure. Like from Them Bones, the song? I don't know. Probably not anything remotely related to it. But I'm... That's what I got out of it. Anyways, you're in this cave in the beginning. And you have to fight some trolls. Which, oddly enough, look like troll dolls. But then again, all trolls kind of look the same. Oh. Well, that sounds racist towards trolls. But you get what I'm saying. So you fight, a, you've, you fight a couple trolls in this cave. Just to get the basics of the game. You fight almost a semi-boss. I think it's called a troll thief. It's just K. He he. I literally just attack him three times in a row. He had 180 HP. There was nothing to it. It's just trying to get you familiar. Uh, if you've never played a RPG before, so the that cave's relatively short, and we end up going to our first town. I'm not gonna even try to say the name. I would butcher it. I'm sure it's a reference to other games. I didn't pick up on it. There's one town that I I picked up on what the reference was, but the other ones kind of went over my head. I didn't give him much thought. Now, I after playing uh, Cthulhu Saves the World, this is mo very much like it, an earlier version of it. Uh, so you'll notice there is no item shops once we get to this town because there's only a weapon shop. The weapon shop sells weapons and armor, and that's where you're going to spend all your gold. To get potions, you're gonna get them in treasure chests. I don't think they're. I don't think enemies ever drop them. It's mostly just treasure treasure chests. So potions are a finite thing in this game. So I only use potions just on boss battles. If I'm if I'm getting beat by just regular enemies, I'm not going to waste a potion. I want to save those up so I have as many as possible for the final boss. So be aware of that. And also, there might be. Well, this is, going to, of course, going to be spoilers. So if you haven't played this game, go and play it. I mean, it's a six-hour game. I think I only, I think I beat it in four hours. I played it on the normal setting. Didn't follow a walkthrough, but I'm going to have a link in, on our website, RetroRPG.net, that'll have a, a really good walkthrough that has a ton of images in it, and you can just follow the game perfectly that way. But I, I highly recommend playing this game because it's just, it's fun. It's a, it's a classic RPG that's relatively short and it's got that kind of earthbound humor that i like anyways 
I'm going off tangent. Potions are finite, so if you get them, try to keep them. Don't don't use them when you, unless you absolutely have to. Most of the towns are pretty small in this game. There's not a whole lot going on. I do like the fact that the inn, or the the inn in every town, uh, the innkeeper lets you sleep there for free, which will boost back up your HP and your MP. Now, the interesting thing about this game, just like Cthulhu Saves the World, is after every uh, enemy battle, or boss battle for that matter, your HP will return to max level, but your MP won't. So... Get your MP to fully come back up to max, because you don't have any, uh, what were they even called? Ethers? You only have potions, that's like the only item in the game. So you can't get your MP back unless you sleep at an inn for free in one of the towns. Uh, also they have one of those uh, little shrines, kind of like that uh, glowing light that you step into. You could save there and uh, It'll restore your HP and MP, which definitely helps out in the caves, dungeons, everywhere. Because you'll get to a point where you've got so many enemies that you run into that you can't just like be using standard attacks. You're going to have to use some magic. you got to use some MP up. And your MP doesn't recover nearly as fast as your HP does. I mean, after each battle, your HP is back to max. But you could be going through a long dungeon and almost completely run out of MP if you're not careful. So that's where these uh, little kind of, you kind of consider them like a tent or a cabin a la Final Fantasy. They really come into effect in this game. And I do recommend at least playing it on the normal setting. Easy, at least on Cthulhu Saves Christmas, I think I played it on easy. It was a pushover, there was like no point. And playing it like there's no challenge at all at least in normal you're dying and you usually die when you've got like a bunch of enemies on the screen you can't just be using attacks you got to start mixing up some magic uh some tech skills there's also unite abilities when you get another character like in this first town i meet my second character that joins my party party uh sarah she is going to be the mage she's the white mage and actually later on in the game she's got some killer black magic like i think that she has this holy strike ability that does quite a bit of damage on the end boss we'll talk about that when i get there but yes that my uh, main attacker of course is going to be dim and then sarah is going to be my hero that's usually how it works in most of these rpgs when you kind of run across new characters and she forcefully joins your party by the way i was in the bar of this first town and just talking to her, she's like, oh, yeah, I'm down to, like, explore and help you out. And she just, there's no option. She's joining by force, which is cool. So that's when you, when you, she first joins, then you understand that you get these Unite abilities. So, and it depends on which characters use them. So for a certain, uh, for a certain turn, two of your characters, or I think there's one Unite ability with all four characters, two of your characters will use their turn to just do this one special ability and it'll it's sometimes it's for better healing or it's a major attack so those are good they use up a lot of mp because everything costs mp except for just attacking but that's a cool feature that they that was from uh cthulhu saves the world even though this is the first game it's pretty linear this game but that's okay 
the one thing that is is trying to find your way through some of the dungeons. Oh, I get lost quite a bit. There's a lot of paths to take, and you're going to either end up in a dead end or finding a treasure chest, which you kind of want to explore the, each level before moving on to the next area of a dungeon because you want to get those potions because there's only so many and you want to uh, stock up for the end boss and they'll have some really good weapons to get so outside of just buying in the weapon or armor shop you can get get them in treasure chest in these caves or dungeons so anytime i've i've kind of gone through a level in a dungeon and i know i i skipped one of these side uh walkways and i'm like oh i'm going to the next area let me backtrack and go check that out it could be a den in or it could be something cool Anyways, in this town, I think they mentioned about a northwest cave. So I go there first. It's just like a little bonus cave. I think at the end of it, it's not even a boss uh, in this cave, but you do get a strong ring, which is Sarah's uh, armor. And another feature that is cool about this game is anytime you level, you have an option to pick from on where you want to like fine-tune your character to level up. Option A or B. And what so with them, I was always picking more strength uh, or hit points or anything to do with making him stronger with attack. And I focused on magic ability with uh, Sarah on their levels. And you'll get different magic uh, spells. And it'll give you like an option between the two. And some of them are hard to pick from. Because... Some of them might do more damage, but there might be a disadvantage to it. To give you an example, it, I think the fighting in the game is some of the best because you can you can plow through fights real fast. It's very fast paced, and it, as you're attacking, you're you have this combo counter in the top right corner of the screen that keeps going up, and you can eventually tap that out. And I think Dem uses a death blow that'll like. Dump all the all that built up energy from the combo counts into a major attack that does even more hit points. The problem with some of the spells is it has like a combo break, where it'll reset that combo counter to zero. So you have to weigh your option if you want a spell that does that. Sometimes it's worth it. Sometimes it's not. I try to play a conservative. I try not to uh, like. Cthulhu saves the world. I think I did a lot of HP and MP uh, increasing for my characters, just getting there uh, so they wouldn't die as often or they wouldn't run out as of MP as much. This time I focused mostly on when it gave me that option. Okay, let's just increase their strength by like I think it's ten percent or ten points or just increase their abilities and really not deal with trying to bump up their HP and MP that isn't done automatically. One of uh, the early abilities I, I, I earned on one of the just normal enemy fights was Sarah's escape ability. And a good example is this. It gives you two escape abilities to choose from when she levels, option A or B. Option A, I think, uses less MP, but it only has a 60% chance of working i think option b uses three times as mount as mp but it's a, it'll absolutely escape each time except for boss battles this is just for enemy battles so of course i want if i want to escape i want to not to you know roll the dice on it i went for the higher mp use 
to, but it's guaranteed to escape. So that's just an example on some of your choices for leveling. But you, you get to choose and kind of fine-tune your character a little, which is what I like. Like Dim, I remember he gets Rain of Fire. I think I think that's an option for for uh, your level. Maybe it is. I don't remember, but it's a great one. I use that quite a bit throughout the game because what you do is you cast that, and then every turn the enemy will take, I think, 21 damage per turn, and it doesn't stop. So that's almost a guarantee if you're going to be fighting a bunch of enemies... As the turns stack up, you want to keep hitting them with more damage while you have them doing other things for his other turns. That's That was a cool uh, spell to use. And I didn't even cover another thing. Between turns, whether you're on a boss or enemy battle, if you still have enemies left after the first turn of your characters, they gain another, I think, 10% in strength. So it's like 110% st- stronger, 120%. And it keeps going every t- every uh, every turn you go with your characters. So you're you're very much motivated to kill off as many enemies as possible, if not in the fewest rounds as possible so you can alleviate some of that ha- heavy damage they're going they're going to deal to you later. So I think the the glowing thing about this game and uh, Cthulhu saves the world is the uh, battle system. Battle mechanics is pretty cool. Alright, after that Northwest Cave, we went to some Graveyard Cave, and it's funny because if you've played Cthulhu Saves the World, they also have a Graveyard Cave. And they have a bunch of gravestones everywhere, and you can go up to them and read the different uh, the different gravestones, what they have carved on them. Of course, they're all up with a bunch of jokes. I think one of them on this game was uh, for a good time called 555 Tomb. But the problem here is in this game, you can see this is more of a beta of what Cthulhu Saves the World becomes. Because in that game, it has a graveyard cave, but each gravestone has a different thing written on it. Which must have took him forever. I understand it's a lot of work. And this one, you'll have like a... Uh, a bundle of gravestones around each other, but maybe nine or twelve, and they all will save the same exact thing. So it's like, oh, okay, well, I get it, but at the same time, it kind of sucks that you didn't have, because I already played Cthulhu Saves the World, so I ha- was looking forward to reading all the different gravestones, and I've come to find out, oh, this one, there's only one per little area that has the same exact thing written on them. But in this graveyard cave, our first boss battle. Uh, we run into, and that's the Grim Reaper, which it's just me and it's just Dim and Sarah at this point. Uh, it was an easy battle. You're throwing whatever you can at, it. so rain of damage. Uh, I don't think I even had to use her heal ability. I had her for just attack. Uh, Grim Reaper was pretty easy in this this one. So we we're on to our second town now, and in the second town, I, I can't remember what the reference is or what the town was named. It has a locked treasure chest in it where you need a key to open it. Now, all the other treasure chests I've run across so far, I just open and take it. Oh, in the first town, I don't even think I mentioned it. The first town, uh, the first town had a treasure chest that was behind. You could see it because you go upstairs and you could see it in the other room, but the door's locked and it kind of teases you like you're never going to get what's in this treasure chest, which I think is funny because some games. That you'll find treasure chests where you can never find out a way. Like, how in the world do I get to that one? And I think they just designed it to like tease you. So that was that was a little 
bit of RPG humor. Anyways, we're in the second town. I come across this locked treasure chest, and it says I can't get into it, but it hints at if I only had a lock picker in my party, uh, maybe I could open it. So I'm going to come back to this in a little bit once we get that character and tell you what I did, but just remember that because I made a little note in my notes that about this locked treasure chest because I made the mistake of following up on it. Anyways, we go back, we go into, so after, you, it's basically a little bit of this of going from dungeon to cave to town, kind of repeat. I go south, I go into this dungeon just to get a, a death staff for Sarah. I try to explore every dungeon along the way. There's one bonus dungeon at the end I didn't go through, but I'll cover that in a bit. Uh, our next town that we're going to after I get this death staff for Sarah, we go to this next destroy town and... This has got another kind of feel for Cthulhu Saves the World. It's uh, that in that game it was a zombie town. This one it's it's pretty much been destroyed, and you have the same kind of atmosphere of going through destroyed building buildings, climbing around all kind of debris and cars. So you can see where they uh, where this game kind of became developed into uh, Cthulhu Saves the World. Anyways, we're going through this destroyed town. And we get we meet our third character, Lita. Uh, she is a techie vampire, and in this case with her, I'm using her both for magic and attacks. So as I'm leveling up, I'm doing like one time I'm going to do strength and focus more on attack ability, and the other time I'll go for more upgrading her magic defense. You know, so I'm do a basic of a little bit of a little bit from them and Sarah. She'll be like the all around. I'm thinking she might be a black mage, but we'll see, right? Funny thing about this town, uh, I like some of the enemies. So the ghost car that you have to fight, it looks like just a red car with a cat driving it. I think that's supposed to be a demon. I don't know. There, if it's a ghost car, wouldn't there be nobody in the driver's seat? But it looks like there's a cat driving it. Anyways, the second boss battle is in this town. It's called a junk monster. I think it's got a television set for heads. It's made out of all the junk that kind of got strewn about in this abandoned town. Plus it has two ghost cars with it. So now I actually have gotten uh, Sarah's Hailstorm ability. And that can hit multiple targets at once. So I'm having her do that to hit all targets. I think it hits all targets or maybe it's three random. Can't remember what Hailstorm does but I know it's multiple hits. Lita is just doing her standard attack. But she's her uh, weapon of choice for her standard attack ability is different kinds of guns. So she has a shotgun that's actually hitting all the uh, enemies on the screen. Very cool. I hated to upgrade her weapon later on when it went back to just hitting one person at a time because that shotgun was nice in the beginning. And the final, uh, after I got that combo count I told you about built up uh, by Dem, I used his death blow to kind of finish off the junk monster. Not bad. And what happens once you finish like a boss battle? Well, you got to go to the next town, and this is the town I recommend. Recognize the reference. We head to Motherbound, which of course you got to figure Earthbound plus the sequel Mother. I know the other towns are ma named after games, but I this one stood out for me, of course, because those are two games I really like. A lot of caves and bonus caves along this way to get to. Uh, mother bound and we have to fight our third boss in one of these caves i think it was a yeah it was a dead dragon and I, uh it wasn't bad i was using dim's multi-strike ability 
And Lita has a sniper shot ability now that she leveled up with, which is like a one, sh one hit one target, but heavy damage, depending on what weapon she has. I think she still has a shotgun at this point. Anyways, Motherbound is more of this town with a castle associated with a king. It, it seems like there's something in every town with to deal with a treasure chest. First town, you couldn't, I couldn't go into a room that was locked and that you could see the treasure chest and the game teased me that I'd never get it. Second town, there's a treasure chest with a lock and it teases you, eh, well, if you only had a lock picker in your group, maybe you could get this one open. This motherbound treasure chest that Dem refuses to open on principles of stealing. Now, what have we been doing so far? I'm stealing through every treasure chest I, I run across. In fact, once I enter a room, I ignore the characters to talk to and just go right over and open the treasure chest first before I even bother talking to them. So now he's got morals about stealing and we can't open that treasure chest. Yay. Now, as once we I've reached Motherbound, gold is becoming an issue because at each town, I've always liked to do this in most games, as I want to upgrade all my weapons and armor. But usually you don't have enough gold to do that. So I might grind a little bit around the town outside on the world map till I got enough money to go buy the new weapon or armor, sell the old weapon and armor. Oh, another thing about that. When you're in the uh, a weapon shop and you're looking at what armor or weapons they have to buy, you can, I'm using, I'm of course playing this on Steam and I am using an Xbox 360, 360 controller. You can actually hit a button and see what you currently have so you can kind of go back and forth comparing to what you what armor or weapon you currently have to what they have in the shop just in case you forgot so you don't have to backtrack out and go into your equipment menu you can kind of do it right there on the fly unfortunately you can't sell the weapons right into the shop you have to back out and go equip the i mean excuse me you can't equip the item after you buy it immediately you have to back out and equip it then you go back to the weapons guy and sell your old uh, weapon or armor so but i like the ability to look and see what you currently have on and compare it to what you you're thinking about buying oh another thing i wasn't even thinking about i think you have a limited amount of time of enemies in a particular cave dungeon i even think on the world map i think it's 200 or less uh random enemy encounters before once you've reached that then you won't be attacked anymore as you explore let's say you're exploring some cave or dungeon you've been in there forever and you can keep fighting a bunch of random enemies after so many steps eventually you get to the point where you fought them all but you can always go into your main menu and you can always just hit the fight button if you want to just grind you could just stand in one place and just keep going in there and fighting instead of having to run around like in circles which is nice and you can save anywhere. That's always a feature. So you don't just save in the cabins or uh, in the inns. You can save anywhere on the world map. I, I don't think the only place you can't save is during a battle, which makes sense. All right, anyways, Motherbound. We go into the castle. Now, the ruler of this kingdom takes one look at us and throws us in their basement jail. Which, I can't, I mean, I've lost count how many games you have to escape, like, a, do a prison escape, a jailbreak. So, of course, they're going to throw it in this one, right? 
I remember the one was Chrono Cross. I think, and this is back in the day when it first came out and I played it, I got stuck in that geo and I couldn't figure out how to get out. And I think I played it years later and got stuck in the same spot. I know me and Derek played it, God, five or six years ago. And we never had that issue. But I remember that jail. And I, there's been so many others in classic RPGs. Anyways, this is where we're meeting our fourth character, Prince Eric. He was supposed to be the person I think we were going to talk to in the castle. But apparently he's not uh, the ruler in charge. And we just get tossed in this jail cell with him. Now, of course, he can pick the lock, no problem. He's just been, I guess, waiting for somebody to show up to help them escape. Oh, and you know how uh, I mentioned kind of briefly that Lita was a techie or techno vampire? Well, Eric is a French zombie. And, and you notice right away, he's got the hots for Lita. He's always hitting on her any chance he can. So he helps us escape. Uh, interesting thing, while we're going through all this the pretty big uh, basement jail cell area, we have to fight other random battles. And we're fighting executioners. I understand. They got the big battle axe. They're coming after us. They have the mask on. But we're fighting other escapees? Why are we fighting pe other people trying to escape? Like, shouldn't we all be on the same side here? We're all trying to get out of this dungeon. Now you want to fight me while we're trying to escape? Like, it makes no sense to me. And I'm starting to notice a, a thing. Some of these dungeons you can really get lost in. Like I was saying earlier, you take the wrong turn and you're like... Or some of them will backtrack into to where you started. So you don't even realize, like, oh, wait, I'm back at the beginning of this level of this dungeon, and I didn't even realize I went in a circle. All right. Whatever the case, we, we make it out. We escape the jail just to run back into the king that threw us in in the first place, and he's the force, fourth boss, the usurper, and he's actually Eric's uncle. Plus, we have to fight two knights with him, kind of like, uh, kind of like that boss, uh, the junkyard boss. So it's not that hard. We're throwing, I'm throwing all kinds of magic and tech abilities that have multiple hit combos. So beat him, no problem. And surprisingly, Eric lets him live. Says, eh, no hard feelings. I would have let you kind of sit in the throne if you wanted to, if you just would have asked me. So cool guy. But what happens after a town? Well, you guessed it, a cave or a dungeon. In this case, a cave. In fact, a graveyard cave. So this is part two of another graveyard cave. Kind of a, a repeat of one we've already been through. And we have to go through a few of these caves before we end up into another, like, dead-type destroyed town. Langsong, I think it's called. Uh, it's funny, because now we're repeating enemies, so it's the same kind of enemies, different colors. Now, I'm not going to hate on a game that cost me, like, three bucks with... Uh, I got two games out of. Plus, even old school Final Fantasy did this all the time where they're like, later on, well, you're going to fight a harder version of the same enemy you see. We're just going to change the name and change the color and give them different HP or MP. So, yeah, that, I, I wasn't too surprised to be fighting different colored cars and whatnot. At the end of this area, fifth boss. How many bosses were there? I think there might have been seven or eight. 
All right, we're on the fifth one now. Which one was this called? Oh yeah, the two turrets, two separate ones that are kind of right next to each other. So I focus on one to kind of wipe them out first. The only problem with that is, is when you kill one, the other one gets stronger. But luckily enough, they're not too bad. I think they had about 8,000 HP each. Because as, as I'm going from town to town, by the way, I want to get every single weapon. So I am hovering around that town and kind of semi-grinding to get the latest armor and uh, weapons before I move on. So I can kind of stay above the curve on uh, the enemies. So the two turrets, not an issue. Funny enough though, now I can't even remember where we find out about this. It must have been around this time. But we, we're supposed to get these six crystals now. And that's what these two turrets were guarding. Now of course you think about the old RPGs and they're using all the tropes. So we got the six crystals now. And now our next stop is to a secret lab in the desert. But we have to go, it's to the west of Motherbound and it took me a while to walk all the way over here through all these caves and dungeons just to get to this abandoned uh, town. But luckily enough, the game will teleport you back to Motherbound. So that was a nice feature, because, and this is the only time they teleport you, because I'm like, oh my god, am I have to backtrack all the way back just to go west? But nope, they thought of that. Now here's where I made my mistake. If you remember, I was talking about a locked treasure chest. I think it was from town two, the previous town. And it mentioned, hey, if you only had like a lock picker in your party, maybe you could get this awesome treasure in here. So of course I got Eric now, and he helped us escape out of jail. He picked the lock. So, you would think I would go, I, I could get that treasure chest now that I got Eric in my party. So I backtrack a few caves, maybe a dungeon, to get all the way back to this other town. And lo and behold, guess what? Nope. It's literally the same message. And at first I'm like looking in the menu like, can I swap him so he's like the lead character in my party? But they don't have that set up in this game. So I'm like, oh, that was just... Did they realize what they were doing? Like, I thought I was going to get a super cool weapon. And they're like, well, they didn't name every gravestone. Maybe they wouldn't have fought this far about it. It was more of a tease. Like, every every town seems to have a treasure chest that you just cannot get into. So far, at least. So that was a whole... And unfortunately, I couldn't, like, teleport back. Because they didn't have that feature. It was just for after getting the crystals that it sent you back to Motherbound. So now I had to forward track quite a bit just to get back to where I was. Luckily enough, once you have the weapons, upgraded weapons and armor, the, the previous enemies from these caves aren't really much of a problem. You're just going through and attacking them and kind of getting them out of the way real quick. That's another good feature about the battle system is when you want to, if you're fighting easy things, you can power through it, just blast that attack button and get through it real quick. All right, now we're on. Now we got these six crystals. What we have, for, what for what, I don't know. We're going to this secret lab in the desert to figure out uh, what, what to do with these things. And uh, we, we, head to, <laughs> we head west of Motherbound, and we enter the smallest dungeon ever. I think they call it that, too. And, they, and I think Lita made a comment on it, because she's like, seriously, it's one room. It's the size of a small bedroom, and there's just with a door on either side. So you just walk from one, one door to another like five feet and then you're out of that dungeon so that was pretty funny 
now, and this I didn't know it at the time, this is going to be our final dungeon. And it's it looks like an uh, abandoned castle, in a way. We walk all the way around, and we get to it. But I notice to the south, because I'm like, I don't want to go into it right now. Let's see what's south. There is a bonus dungeon I found that I didn't go into. Actually, I went into the dungeon, and it uh, one of the characters mentioned, I think it was Lita, she warned me, hey, this looks like a difficult place, even harder than the end of the game. I'm like, oh, okay, so this is like an extra bonus. Uh, like, this is where you're going to get ultimate weapon or one of those uh, emerald weapon, ruby weapon type bosses. I'm like, all right, I'm chickening out of this. I just want to beat the game at this point. So, backtrack to the final dungeon. Of course, it's going to be the hardest as far as enemies, and it's going to be super long and confusing. That's a given. I'm trying to think, what was that game? Final Fantasy Mystic Quest? There was like a fire cavern that I got so incredibly lost on. I remember it, even to this day. And it was one of the earlier games that me and Derek recorded for this podcast. Go back and listen to the uh, Mystic Quest one if you want to hear me rant and rave about that dungeon. Almost like this one. I mean, they made it pretty big and... I didn't like where the mana pool to restore your health. It was way out there in the middle of the dungeon. I got lost multiple times. I think some some tracks led me right back to where I was backtracking without realizing. I, I was in this final dungeon for so long that, of course, I'm fighting everything I run across. Trying not to use as much mana as possible to get by because I keep I keep running into the mana pool that I'm supposed to be just hitting once and continuing on, but I keep backtracking into it, which is a good thing, I guess, because I was getting low on um, MP. But I keep, I've been in this dungeon so long, at least I, I didn't run out of enemies. There was a lot of enemies in this dungeon. However, I got to the point of my leveling where both option A and B match. They're the exact same thing. And I think it's because the developers didn't think anybody was going to level this high enough. They're like, so they didn't have to make a choice at this point. Anybody that reaches this level, it's going to be the same thing, which is basically an increase of all your stats by like 10%. So I got to that state. And then I finally, I was going to, I was almost to the point where I'm like, I got to look up and just hopefully there's a map somewhere where I could, you know, trace my stuff. If anybody remembers the original Nintendo Metal Gear what was it called Metal Gear Solid or just Metal Gear I had that and I, the game came with a full out full, unfoldable map that had from the starting point all the way through the entire game I'm pretty sure it had, and it showed all the different traps and everything it was the coolest it was a cool map to come with a game and I was I was going to look online hoping they had something for this dungeon because I was getting frustrated <laughs> on making so many mistakes. Now, a good thing about it is you'll run across treasure chests at random and dead ends, but you might run across better weapons or more gold. So that's always a good thing. Well, at this point, gold doesn't really matter. But in the middle, somewhere in the middle of this dungeon, and I think the developers kind of threw this in because it happens in a few old, old school RPGs, the six boths we fight ourselves or I guess our evil clones. And of course they mimic you and what you're attacking with them. I mean, we've seen it before. I think, was it Final Fantasy II, you fight yourself in a mirror or was that three? I'm getting my RPGs all screwed up. Anyways, we throw everything, I throw everything at the, my 
evil self. And they had some decent HP, but you just wipe them out one at a time. So it wasn't anything to really think about. I, they were just in there randomly uh, in the dungeons. I, I finally was like, oh, I'm on the right path if I found a boss. At least I need, I know I'm heading the right direction now. So after a little more walking, a little more confusion, I make it to the end. And I meet this uh, Mega Man-esque evil scientist slash mad scientist. Uh, I think his name was Tit-Ass Dark. I'm not kidding you. I'm pretty sure it was Tit-Ass Dark. And he is, in fact, the last human survivor of the nuclear apocalypse that was in the beginning of the game that they mentioned. And he's the last survivor. I guess everybody else was undead or, I don't know, it was like me, like a skeleton for them or, you know, just not human characters. And he wants us to hand the crystals over because with these crystals, he's got a time machine that he's going to go back in time and fix all the, stop the war and stop the human race from dying. Now, him doing that, as we bring up, all my characters bring up, what happens to us? Well, we just never exist because it ne the war never happens. And I'm like, oh, okay, so I know what's going to happen now. He's going to ask for the crystals. I'm going to say no, and then we're going to fight him. And when he asks for the crystals, my two options are yes or sure. And I'm like, well, I don't want to hand him the crystals. Then I'm going to die. So I pick sure. That's like more of a, nah, I guess. It's, it's not quite no. It's like, yeah, sure. Okay, kill us. And he's not the boss. They always do the switcheroo. The final boss is just some demon guy that shows up. He's called the Ultimate Evil, which sounds like a wrestler name. It's this, although it's the coolest looking boss. It's this winged demon, this winged red demon, and he's got four arms, each holding like a sword, a pitchfork, I think fire and ice. You know he's pretty evil when his HP is six, 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 six. So I think I've seen that. Was that in Mystic Quest? Was the last guy have that? I got Mystic Quest vibes on a few of these things. Anyways, he was actually pretty tough. I died the first time. Uh, what I didn't realize I should have done is Eric has a regenerate spell that I gained on one of the levels. And after each round, you gain 50 plus HP for every character. And that just keeps going. So I have him cast that on my second time fighting uh, Ultimate Evil. And then I have them do Reign of Fire because, of course, you're going to get some hits going with that. Uh, Sarah has now got this Holy Strike ability that's, I think it does like 2,000 hit points, maybe even more. Lita, her sniper shot's probably one of the best. Eric, he's got the Smash, which is like the one-hit wonder, super strong one-hitter. And we just rotate on that. And I'm using my first battle where I died against Ultimate Evil. I ran out of potions. Like, that's what it got to, and I started having to heal with uh, Sarah, and she's the one that was doing probably the most damage out of everybody with her physical magic uh, holy strike. So once I was able to use Eric's regenerate spell on the second go-through, I was able to beat him without, without dying. But I kind of regretted using some potions earlier on for different bosses. I'm like, I shouldn't use any. I gotta, I gotta be careful and just have uh, Sarah... I, if I would play it over again, I would have had Sarah did more healing instead of me using 80 potions. I would have saved all those for the end guy. 
I thought there might be like a, an end in guy. Like after we beat the ultimate evil, then we got to fight that old guy. But nope. Right after the boss spot, boss battle, Dr. Evil here just like, or what is his name? Tidass Dark. He takes the crystals that we give over willingly. And he somehow, you know, plugs them in, goes back with his little teleporter time machine. And I don't know how he does it, but he magically stops the nuclear apocalypse from ever happening. And we become undone. But hey, at least he didn't forget about us. He built us a small little monument statue to commemorate us from never having to existed and helping him. And that's it. That's that's the end. <laughs> I was... I would love to see that in a major RPG, like a really big one, long, massive. And at the very end, you, you characters have to basically undo themselves, and you get just like, oh yeah, well now you guys are all dead because you say, but you saved the world, and here's a little statue and commemoration. Fun game though. I'm not. I'm not. I played them out of order. I should have played this game first, then Cthulhu saves the world, then Cthulhu saves Christmas, because that's how they came out. And this is like a less polished version of Cthulhu Saves the World, but I still enjoyed it. I mean, it costs, uh, what, a buck or two at the most, I think it was, for both games. I had a fun time. It was it was, it was, was a fun to spend like just one night just playing it. I think I played it straight through. It was only four hours. Just got done with it, actually. That's why I'm recording now before I forget everything. I took, got a bunch of notes here, so I, I enjoyed it. This was a fun game. Anyways, let's focus on where we're going with 2022 and the podcast. Of course, we got Is It Worth It? Fan-created show. They still pump out shows a lot more than me and Derek do. Uh, The next game I want to play absolutely is Disco Elysium, the final cut. That one looks really interesting as far as an RPG goes. I'm going to play that next. I was going to do Fallout... uh, after that but I'm thinking after talking with Derek maybe I can somehow twist his arm I'm not promising anything guys but maybe I can actually get him to start like coming back in on the podcast and we could do like we did with Skyrim and just have like an archive type show where we just play Elden Ring and just discuss our experience I know it's going to be fun because I almost break every game I play and I hear this this like souls type games are some of the toughest and this is one of them so I know I'm going to be utterly frustrated and being stuck everywhere and there's some fun in that at least for the show if anybody's even still listening I could just be talking to myself right now am I recording? yeah okay good that would have been fun. you know what would have been funny? if I just spent the last 47 minutes and this wasn't recording and I was just literally talking to myself in a room that would be the that would just be the cherry on top. Anyways, I hope you enjoy the show. I hope you get some kind of kick out of this. I'm doing my best I can just by myself. I'm enjoying it. I thought I would be kind of awkward. I I was gonna keep R doing it. He he was like filling in for Derek. Uh, he he did like a couple shows with me, but I he doesn't really like RPGs, so I was kind of twisting his twisting his arm to get into play. So, and I'm always down for getting other people in on the show maybe fans maybe some of the is it is it worth it guys maybe another rpg podcast you know i need some filler because i'm until i get Derek joined back it's gonna be just me guys uh so expect disco elysium sometime this year 
can't guarantee anything, but I want to get into Elder Ring after that. I hear, at least currently, that the PC version is having some frame rate issues, but it's nothing as bad as uh, that Cyberpunk game. So, and it's got like tens across the board of all the reviews. Everybody loves this. And I've seen some, I've watched some reviews, so I'm like, yeah. I want to play that because uh, the next Skyrim or Elder Scrolls game, it's going to be a while. And this one looks like a really well done open world RPG. Uh, anyways, that's all I got. So uh, my name is Don and you'll s I'll see you sometime soonish. Bye. Bye.